Thank you, Logan. That's quite a message. Um, Lord, build us up so that you might be seen through us. And it's always, man, I love, what a gift. I, I guess uh, I would love to be able to do that kind of thing. Uh, I tried to teach myself to play guitar one time. I'd learned the chords, but that's not making music. The rest of it didn't cooperate, you know. Remember, I asked a buddy of mine who's a musician and can play a number of instruments. I said, how do you play guitar? He said, you pick it up and you play it. I said, no, no, how do you do it? He said, you just do it. I said, no, no, I don't just do it. And uh, and I know Logan does a lot of work, but God's really gifted her. So thank you for sharing. We're called to bring praise to the Lord. Tonight I'm closing up this study on the apostles, looking at the three that remain um, talks about when God created the earth, there are the greater lights and then the lesser lights that God created. And These guys, they weren't as prominent, not as much written about them as the others, but that doesn't mean they weren't significant to God's work. And So we're going to look at several passages tonight and discuss these guys. Before we do, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are grateful for an opportunity to once again meet and as we look at these three, uh, Father, just teach us what you want of us, Lord. How you want us to love you, Father. Even though we think we're not significant, God, use us for your significance. Um, maybe we're zealous, Lord. Help us to place our zealousness where it counts. Uh, Father, help us to just simply walk a life of obedience. So we look at these three guys, Lord, and think of these areas. I, I just pray, Father, that you might guide and lead us for your awesome glory. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Uh, first, I want to talk about a guy that's uh, described as James the Less. And in Luke 6.15, there's several lists that mention him. Um, Luke 6.15, it says, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus. Also known a nickname as the less uh, little, which means he might have been little in stature. But not just little in stature, but a big heart. Or it may mean little in the sense that he was younger. Uh, being the son of Alphaeus, Matthew too, we read about the son of Alphaeus. A lot of people think that they were brothers. Uh, we don't know that for sure. But he, here's a guy that, you know, there's not a lot written about him. We don't really know the details. We know that uh, in, in some ways he was he was small. And at one time or another, we have all felt small and insignificant in God's work. This guy was one of the twelve that were handpicked for God's work. He was significant. He, he was special. I was just sitting here thinking of a couple of people in churches that, you know, didn't have a prominent role or office, I'll say, that was public. You didn't see them up here or, you know, they didn't have their name with a title beside it. But they impacted people for the Lord. You've known people like that too. Uh, I've told you about Mary Fisher, one of my favorite people. Mary has a stuttering problem. She has a cleft palate. And her husband died a number of years ago. 
she's a, a fairly severe diabetic. And Mary has no office in the church. But boy, is she a Christian. One of the things Mary loves to do, since she can't eat sugar, she's constantly going by people's houses and baking them brownies. Or I did a sermon one time on temptation, and I went on and on and on about that wonderful chocolate brownies, you know. Man, how, how they're coming out of the oven and they're gooey, and, 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 and I just, ooh, man, you know, it's just hard to say no to that. Anyway, I went on with that for a while. Well, then I kept getting brownies, man. <laughs> Mary, she kept bringing me brownies over. That was Mary's heart. Every time she would have a craving where she so desperately wanted to have candy and sweets, she would bake something and take it to somebody. She took stuff to my mom, I don't know how many times. And I just loved her. So sweet, so hard for her to talk. She had a daughter die of cancer. She had another daughter die of a heart problem. Her husband had died. Um, she called me about a year ago. No, it hadn't been that long ago. Months ago, I don't know it. She called me and I, I hadn't heard from Mary in a, a long time. And she said, I just wanted to call you because I knew that today was the year anniversary that your mom died. And I loved her and I know you loved her too. And I wanted to, I wanted to pray with you and tell you I love you. Now how can you not love someone like that? That's Mary Fisher. And I know that she just didn't do that for me. She kept little notes about other people in the church too. And when those significant special events occurred, there was Mary with some cookies or brownies or something at your door. There's another lady I knew by the name of Bonnie Wells. Uh, Bonnie Wells, if you've ever been to Bonworth, her son uh, started Bonworth. Her name Bonnie, her husband was Worth, and Allah put the two together. Bonworth started in their basement. Her son decided he wanted to start a clothing business and he did really, really well at it. But anyway, Bonnie, man, she was a big comedian. She had me laughing all the time. She died just a couple of years ago, but I miss her too. I remember one time I came to Bonnie and I asked her one day, I went up to her, I said, Bonnie, how are you today? She said, you know, I've decided that if my heart worked as good as my mouth and ran as much as it did, I would be a a marathon athlete. But, you know, that was Bonnie. I remember uh, at my mom's funeral, she's, she's, everybody stood up and I had people say stuff they remembered about mom. And she stood up and she said, well, I remember one time, uh, Todd, I asked your mom, I said, would you come over and wash my clothes next week? And she said, sure, I'll come. And I said, I'm just kidding. She said she was going to come wash my clothes. And uh, anyway, I, I remember that with her. I remember another guy in the church that he only made about 25000 a year. His wife didn't work and they had two small kids. But he had a burden for missions. And the little church I was in uh, was one of the leaders in mission giving each year for Lottie Moon and Annie Armstrong. And a lot of the reason for that is because of the burden they had. They gave a lot of money. And for whatever reason, I was allowed to find out about it. Not that anyone else much knew. Because if you looked at him, you wouldn't know he did that. But it was his heart. It meant something to him. It was significant. So they would they would sacrifice to set aside a certain amount of money in order to give 
two missionaries to take the gospel out there. People didn't know this about the guy. He was, uh, he was a quiet guy, kind of an unassuming guy. But he gave with a heart, a passion. Couldn't help but love him. Uh, he worked for an electric company there in the area. And uh, he told me one time there was one family, they couldn't pay the power bill and they cut the power off. They had small kids. And he felt so bad about it, he went and paid the power bill. They never knew how they had electricity. <laughs> you know, he'd do stuff like that. Uh, Christianity in action. People who aren't known who make a difference. And of course there's people like that here. I haven't mentioned the Kingsway folk. You don't have to stand in front of a group of people. You don't have to hold an office. Although, hey, look, we need everybody. We need those people too. I'm not saying that. I'm grateful for them. But it's amazing how God can use the people who are quiet, unassuming, don't make a lot of noise or draw attention to themselves, but are used for God's glory. That was this guy, James. James the Less. Uh, let's look at another guy here. Simon the Zealot. Truly the Matthew chapter 10. I'm just going to start reading this first several verses here. He called his twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First Simon, who is called Peter, his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. Simon the Zealot. That's who we're going to talk about now. Who were the Zealots? Man, they were a political bunch whose strong desire was to get rid of Roman rule. They wanted to get rid of these guys that came in and took over their country and tried to tell them what to do. He was a political activist. And these guys were radical. I mean, I think of uh, another popular one is Barabbas. Remember Barabbas, the traitor, the murderer? He was a zealot. I guess uh, today that would be some of these Muslim extremists, these terrorist groups that come in and do anything in order to achieve their mission. This was Simon. He was zealous. He had a fire. But the key was, uh, how's that fire directed? As you look at this list, I thought it was interesting that uh, this is where Jesus sends out the twelve and he sends them out two by two. And notice who Simon the Zealot got paired with. He got paired with Judas Iscariot. And Jesus sent them out with instructions you can read down through here. and He says, go to the lost sheep of Israel, preach the message, heaven's near, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. He gives these instructions and here are these two guys. Uh, a lot of people believe that part of Judas' downfall was he had the picture of Jesus Christ as being a leader who was going to overthrow the Roman government, bring in God's rule, and man, just get rid of all that oppression. And so you can just see him linked up. 
and going out, Judas Iscariot and Simon the Zealot, man, you'd be in trouble if you said no to Jesus, wouldn't you? I mean, receive Jesus or go to heaven now or hell now, right? (laughs) You know, I mean, these guys were intense. Simon was intense. And yet God would get a hold of his heart. And what must it have been like for him to work with the tax collector? You know he had to hate a tax collector when he first arrived. You know, the beauty of this though is how Jesus can get a hold of people. Regardless of how different we are and pull us together. Here's a guy that was a zealot, a political activist. Here's a guy that was a tax collector. But when they both met Jesus, they came together. Of course, we know that uh, Judas would betray. But we know Simon would be changed and go to his death for the cause of Christ as uh, he would work in his zealousness. Uh, turn me to Romans chapter 10 as we look at a final point on this guy about zealousness. The call to be zealous for Christ. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. That was Paul's heart, man, his passion. What was he zealous about? He wanted the people, his people, the people that he knew that he had grown up with their ways and their culture to be saved. He says, For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God. Their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness that comes from God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. So what's Paul say about zealousness? He says what we should really be fired up about is people finding hope in Jesus Christ. We can get fired up about a lot of things. But unless it's some way they point us to Christ, then they're going to pull us away from Christ. That, that's Paul's heart. And, and that's the beauty of taking this guy that was zealous. He had a misguided zeal, but Jesus changed him. When we fall in love in Christ and come to Him, then that zeal can be channeled for God. And that's what happened with this guy. We can learn that from him. Alright, last guy here. As we uh, finish up uh, these apostles. Judas the apostle. We've got Judas Iscariot, but there's another Judas that's described. Uh, read from that list in Matthew 10. He's mentioned too. Uh, several places. I'll look at John fourteen twenty two. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, I love the way the emphasize there. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? This guy's name, uh, Judas, it literally means Jehovah leads. That's what his name means. Jehovah leads. That's, that's who he was. Uh, Jehovah leads. He's also mentioned in the scriptures as Thaddeus in another list. And that name uh, 
literally means breast child, and it's the image of a mama's boy. So, you know, it gives a picture. Maybe he was a little bit younger. Maybe he was a little bit spoiled. Maybe he was one of the guys that everybody just kind of took care of in the group, you know. Kind of watched over. You know, a mama's boy needs a little extra attention. And that's what the name seems to evoke here as we look at him. But I love this question here as he comes to the Lord that I just read in 22. He says, but Lord... Why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? You know, basically he's saying, Why in the world have you chosen to do your work of eternity through someone like me and these other guys? I mean, Lord, look at them. I mean, Lord, look at them. Why? Why? When you're talking about your glory, you're talking about reaching the world, you're talking about sharing your truth, you're talking about showing us God. Why are you using us? And man, can't you, you know, if when you really start getting serious about following God, it really hits you, you know? It's like, God, why do you want to, why do you want to work through me? It's amazing that you can work through somebody that's such a mess. And yet that's how he does it. You know, we're made of dirt. But dirt, he's arranged for his glory. He's shaped us, he's formed us, and he works through us in spite of us. It's so funny. I can't tell you how many times I've spoken and somebody come up to me and say something about something I said that that God used. And I didn't even mean to say it. Or I forgot I said it. Or didn't even know I said it. But God's Spirit works through it. He doesn't work because of us. He works in spite of us. And he under, you know, I think this guy caught sight of this when he was asking this. And he came to Christ and, and he, he spoke. And look at his, uh, at this case, the response of our Lord. Jesus replied, verse 23, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching." My Father will love Him and we will come to Him and make our home with Him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Then He goes on to to say all this I've spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He says, Judas, he said, man, I'm not going to be here forever. I'm leaving. I'm going to send my spirit, the comforter, who will be with you. And he said, you know what really matters is love me. How do you love me? Do what I say. And it comes back to that for us. God, how can you use me? He says, just do what I say. Just go through the daily grind. You're not always going to have those wonderful opportunities like little Daniel had to sit down and pray. Daily boys. You don't always have those kind of things happen. But you just be obedient. Day after day. Even through the little grinds. And God will honor that. And He'll show Himself to you. Do that obedience. All right. Um.
Just a couple of things to come to the end of this. First, uh, we already mentioned this, although these guys were not well known, they had their share in turning the world upside down for Christ. So can you. So can I. You don't know what God's doing. I had a guy the other day, I'd been, a friend of mine, I'd been talking to about Christ for a while. Just blew me away. He said something uh, about my walk with the Lord, and I'm even kind of embarrassed, even, you know, because it kind of, I feel like it lifts me up, so I don't want to do that. But it just kind of blew me away. It's like, wow. I think part of that is, you know, when you get serious about walking with the Lord, and you see Him, you know what you really are like. I know what I'm really like. And it's not what I like at times. And I look for the day when that will be removed. We will be like Him. We'll see Him as He is. Man, that'll be good. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Obscure, headed to heaven. Second here, uh, although they were little noticed, they did their best for Jesus. Made a difference for Christ. I close with this illustration. Scotland, a century ago, a little church that was struggling. An elderly preacher that wanted to give up because, quite frankly, he didn't see a lot of fruit from his labor. And then came the complaints we just haven't seen a lot of God's movement here. Must be your fault, preacher. Must be what you're doing wrong. Well, we're not seeing more of God here. And the truth was, the preacher just wanted to quit. He had made up his mind that day to get up in the pulpit and to resign and just walk away from it. and Just say, no more. One little boy had come to Christ under that ministry there while he had been there. His name was Robert. The day the preacher was going to come up and resign, before church, little Robert came up to him and said, Preacher, I, I, I would, I'd like to go to school. And I would like to learn how to go to another country and tell people about Jesus. Do you think I could do that someday? And the preacher said... Robert, I know you could do that someday. And he prayed with him. And the preacher didn't resign that day. And years later, Robert Moffat would lead hundreds, thousands, to Jesus Christ as a missionary in his lifetime. You don't know what God's doing to you. It may not look like much, but it may be a lot more than you think. God calls us not to give up but to persevere and to be faithful and to know that what matters is not how big we are, but how big He is. And in that, we can rest. Let's pray. Father, thank You for an opportunity to look at these three, to be reminded, God, that although at times we are overwhelmed with our own insignificance and um, sometimes we just feel like failures or like we're missing something. 
But Lord, that doesn't mean that you don't use us. And it doesn't mean that you're not alive in us. And as we look at these guys, these lesser lights, well, maybe they didn't get as much attention as the big boys, Peter and some of the others. But you use them, God, in their own quiet ways. You use them. And I pray, Father, that you help us see that too. That sometimes we may feel forgotten or unnoticed, but that doesn't mean we're insignificant. We're very special to you, and we're called to to be faithful and to walk with you. And so, Lord, help us to do that in your power and in your strength, Lord, to go forward for you. We love you, Lord, and we're grateful to have an opportunity tonight to be reminded of your faithfulness as we look at these three guys. In your name we pray. Amen.